This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AirPod. I'm your host, Omid Scobie, bringing you up to date on all things going on in the House of Windsor, joined, of course by the power of technology with ABC News foreign <laughs> correspondent Maggie really thank you for joining me again hey Omid how's it going I'm good I'm good you know I think I've kind of got into a good groove with things I thought by now I may be going slightly stir crazy but so far <laughs> so good busy. this is officially this has been day 17 for me now wow. since I left London so it's yeah. time's gone by quicker than than it feels yeah I don't know if anyone else out there feels this way but I thought time was gonna drag on and all of a sudden I'm like wow it's Friday again the weekend (laughs) I don't know time just keeps passing exactly and I think we all went home with this image in our minds that we would be able to sort of browse through our Netflix playlist and get all the like fun relaxing stuff done but actually our nine to five or our our 24-7s whatever they are (laughs) continue I know I was joking with you earlier that I have I'm right now I'm just staring at this pile of clothes I I recently moved to the UK and I've not figured out what to do with this pile of clothes and I was like for sure during quarantine this is the time Maggie nope they're they were here last week when we did the podcast I'm back in the same spot they're they're still right here oh man I have not accomplished my goal Um, But it is, of course, a time where I think a lot of people are sort of reaching that point where being at home and being in isolation, especially if you're by yourself, gets a little bit tougher. Mm. I mean, how are you sort of keeping your spirits up and remaining positive throughout this? Yeah, you know, I I think I heard somewhere recently that there's something um, beautiful in the fact that we're all alone, so we're alone together and there is this sense of camaraderie right now, really around the world, which is somewhat incredible of, uh, yes, it's lonely. And I especially feel for people that are, are going through this all by themselves, that they don't have a partner or family to at least quarantine with. But at the same time, you know, everyone's sort of having these feelings of isolation. And so if we can all embrace that and realize that everyone's probably feeling a little lonely right now. Everyone's missing human interaction. Everyone's missing that extra hug and that extra hello uh, and lean into it. It kind of brings us all together. And I don't know if you've noticed this, Omid, but I feel that even right now, I actually am FaceTiming with friends abroad more than I think I ever have since I moved here. I mean, on one hand, I'm closer with friends that are further away during this really weird surreal time yeah i completely agree and i think what's been interesting about this time is that although everyone's sort of physically apart we are in a way socially closer together than we've ever been in a way i mean even just when you think of offices working together everyone was like i'll throw it on an email or we'll do like a very quick conference call and now it's like people want that face-to-face connection be it through zoom or whatever app that you're using and i think that has something that has changed and may have Mm -hmm. may change for good yeah i do think there's a lot of questions about how is this going to change the landscape forever going forward and while you know you hope some things get back to 
quote, normal after this. And there are a lot of things I hope that we take with us and remember, even for me, just, you know, I think for a lot of people out there, life is so fast paced right now and working in news, it's always the next story and what's going to happen next. And you're planning 10 steps ahead and you can't sit still. And I have a lot of energy and uh, it's been sort of an interesting practice when the world tells you to slow down and no, you, you can't leave your house. You actually are not allowed to go outside. You're not allowed to travel and uh, you have to kind of sit there (laughs) and sort of uh, slow down for a minute and there can be some beauty in that as well yeah and it's been interesting you know every week that we've sort of spoken about how the royals are adapting Mm -hmm. to this situation and today i think was the most sort of I guess, significant and unprecedented moment that we had so far, which was Prince Charles remotely opening the NHS Nightingale Hospital in London through Zoom video chat from Burke Hall in Scotland. Kind of incredible. Is this the first time that something like that had been done? It's the first time we've seen members of the royal family conducting engagements in this way. And of course, this was an important moment. This is the first of the government's emergency field hospitals that has been set up to treat coronavirus Mm -hmm. patients. And uh, I think it was important that it was opened in the way, that sort of ceremonial way that we always see with members of the royal Mm -hmm. family. And of course, you know, we'll talk about this shortly. This is also one of the first times that we've seen Charles since he has officially been declared clear of COVID-19. Because of course, last time we did this, he had just been diagnosed. He spent seven days in quarantine at home and is now still in self-isolation, but not completely shut off from everyone because those Mm. seven days he was completely by himself. The other interesting thing I thought about this moment, Omid, is not only was it very cool to see the royals embracing technology and uh, leaning into the moment, you know, realizing this is what they have to do to to still be involved right now, but also the fact that they asked Charles to do it. I mean, Again, for me, coming into this world where living in a country where you have a royal family, it's, it's new for me. I'm not used to this. And so mm. to, to see how much the, the royal families are actually leaned on in a time of crisis. I mean, it could have been someone from the government doing this. You know, the government had worked to open up this hospital. It could have been uh, some charity worker. I, I don't know. It could have been a lot of different people. But the fact that they chose a royal, they chose uh, the next king, felt really significant to me and was a reminder as, you know, again, someone who's who's new to this world of royals, just how significant the role is that the royals still play today in the country. Absolutely. And it, it's, it goes back to that sort of stead, unwavering steadfastness mm. that we see from members of the royal family. Through thick and thin, they are there to support the nation. And of course, it was announced today that the Queen will give her first uh, television broadcast, her first proper mm. public address to the nation and all 54 Commonwealth countries um, in a piece that she recorded already at Windsor Castle and will go out around the world on April the 5th. And I think a lot of people have been waiting for that moment because that is Mm. really the sort of peak moment of support that comes from members of the royal family. And we don't often get to see it happen. Um, The Queen... Yeah, how often do we hear from her? I mean, of course, we hear from the Queen every Christmas. She gives her traditional Mm. Christmas speech. But when it comes to a proper address to the nation outside the usual circumstances, she's only spoken four times. So this was in 
1991 on the Gulf War, and then she spoke following Princess Diana's death in 97, uh, again in 2002 ahead of her her mother, the Queen Mother's funeral, and then more recently in 2012 ahead of the Diamond Jubilee celebrations, which was on a more positive note. But it is very rare that we see her and we see all programming across television networks in the UK and the Commonwealth pause for these very important moments from the Queen. Why do you think she finally chose to speak now? I mean, I think a lot of people have been wondering, uh, when will this happen? When will we hear from the Queen? Uh, What was it about this moment, about this Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's contrary contrary to popular belief. It's not actually up to the Queen when she gives an address like this. Not always. So in a time like this, she would have waited for that nod or for... Uh, the Mm. government to ask her to step forward and do this of course we did see a statement from her earlier on that went out to the new nation and around the world about the coronavirus pandemic Mm -hmm. but this will be a slightly more personal message and it'll be a message that will not just be of support to the emergency workers and uh, volunteers and military personnel that working up and down the country to help Uh, face this situation but also to everyone that's afraid of it who is at home in self-isolation including herself Um, so it'll be very interesting to hear from her but yeah to answer your question this would have been down to the government and I think as uh, reports suggest the UK is expected to face its sort of peak uh, moment uh, when we look at that curve the the chart um, that we're expecting that around April the 12th And so this comes just a week before that. And I think the timing is very important. A lot of thought would have gone into that. It'll probably be the only time we hear from her publicly until, you know, God hopes this is over. But um, a very interesting moment. And of course, no doubt, I'm sure she will talk about her own son's uh, diagnosis Mm. as well, because that would have been an extremely worrying time for her too. Yeah, it's a good point to remember. Again, uh, when Charles was diagnosed, he's over 70 years old. He's in a very high-risk category. And so you almost forget for a minute that that's her son, right? It's not just the future king that people are looking up to, but they're a family. And so it's a good point you make that besides from, I'm sure, worrying about the country and the Commonwealth right now, uh, she was probably just worried about her son and wanted him to be okay. Absolutely. And speaking of Charles, I I had a lot of, uh, or I saw a lot of tweets around the day it was announced by Clarence House that he um, had finished his seven days quarantine. And a lot of people questioned why was it just seven days? Because uh, around each country sort of has its own guidance. And here in the UK, it's seven days uh, self-isolation or quarantine if you have the symptoms of coronavirus. It's only if you live with someone who has symptoms that you need to self-isolate for 14 days, which is why, Mm -hmm. despite Charles stepping out of quarantine and just into sort of the same self-isolation that we're in, Camilla remains in self-isolation for another seven days. So they still haven't actually seen each other face-to-face since that happened, despite being in the same house. That's kind of, that's the hard thing about quarantines and isolation. It's that you know it's that extra layer of of loneliness and of, and of being you know by yourself. And uh, the, the theory behind it from the UK government in terms of the seven versus fourteen, I guess they say that if you're showing symptoms, it means that you've already been sick for X number of mm-hmm. days, so you've actually already had this virus in you. But what I think is interesting, Omid, is just there's still so much unknown, and it's interesting. Obviously, you have people that listen to your podcast from around the world, and so people are probably confused because 
every country is sort of handling this in a different way. Every country has different lengths of quarantine, different rules about self-isolation, about social distancing, about wearing masks. And, you know, right now that's the guidance from the UK government. And that's why Prince Charles is, is doing what he's doing. He's listening to the government advice and the medical advice of the country that he's in. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if all of this changes too, as we learn more and, uh, you know, as we kind of figure out the best ways to live and deal with this virus. Absolutely. We heard from Prince Charles after the announcement from Clarence House and we saw him for the first time when he recorded a short video message um, on the coronavirus pandemic and its effect on the older members of the national community. Uh, This was something that he had done for Age UK, which is a charity Mm -hmm. set up here uh, to provide vital information, advice and services for older people, uh, particularly through this crisis, but in many situations of crisis. Um, And so we'll take a listen to that now. Having uh, recently gone through the process of contracting this coronavirus, luckily with relatively mild symptoms, um, I now find myself on the other side of the illness, but still in uh, no less a state of social uh, distance and and, and general isolation. As we're all learning, this is a strange, frustrating and often distressing experience when the presence of family and friends is no longer possible and the normal structures of life uh, are suddenly removed. At such an unprecedented and anxious time in all our lives, my wife and I are thinking particularly of all those who have lost their loved ones in such very difficult and abnormal circumstances and of those having to endure sickness, uh, isolation and loneliness. As patron of Age UK and uh, my wife, the patron of Silverline, our hearts go out to all those older people throughout this country who are now experiencing great difficulty. And of course, we also heard from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge this week, uh, who spoke publicly, uh, shared a message to Nathan saying that we need to take time to support support each other throughout the crisis. Uh, We heard Kate and William talk about the last few weeks being an anxious and unsettling time for everyone. And and they helped launch mental health guidance for Public Health England here in the UK that gave out a set of tips of sort of for anyone that's uh, at home worried about this or dealing with any mental health struggles. I think it's a time of great anxiety for a lot of people, uh, wherever, whoever you are. I mean, certainly I think I've also had days where I have been, you know, you're worried for your friends and particularly looking over at the US at the moment to see the numbers rise so dramatically. It has been, I think, for everyone. We're such a scattered uh, community these days. We have friends and colleagues and family all over the world and each country is dealing with this differently. And so it's hard to sort of be able to go to sleep every night and know that everyone is fine and safe. Mm. And I think especially that message coming from Charles right now too, the fact that he has had this virus and he's actually speaking of someone who was probably scared for his own life. And also, you know, the fact that his wife was living with him when he had this virus, he's probably worried about her. You know, he can empathize with people in a way that other potential even leaders can't right now if they haven't gone through this on such a personal level. So, uh, you know, we all are feeling a lot of emotions right now. And I think he brings a unique perspective that I'm sure can really relate to a lot of older people that are probably going through a lot of these same feelings, like you said, of, of fear and of uncertainty and um, just not knowing what, you know, what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And that's why Public Health England has launched this new 
guidance to cope with social distancing and self-isolation and that's mm. happened alongside the government announcing uh, around a 8.5 million dollars uh, that will go straight to mental health charities across the UK mm. that will be administered by Mind which William and Kate are both involved in and of course we know with their work with Heads Together and the cha- uh, mental health focus that they have mm. in a lot of their initiatives it was particularly important for them to sort of check in on, on a lot of the charities that they work with and we saw great images released by Kensington Palace that I think were taken earlier this month of William in his office on the phone to the CEO of Mind the the charity and the Duchess mm. in her own office uh, speaking to the CEO of Ch- children's mental health charity Place to Be which we know she's a patron of so Although we don't see them as much as we have done, because, of course, everyone is is away at the moment in isolation, uh, we're still hearing their voices and we're still seeing them do the Mm -hmm. work. And I think that's something that all of the members of the royal family are really trying to do is to show the nation that they are doing anything that they can in the limited circumstances. they're still there. In the, yeah, and exactly, and with the limited resources they have available. Well, it's sort of interesting because in a way, you know, it's what everyone's doing right now. You look at, at media and even, you know, what we're doing at ABC, trying just to get on air every day. Everyone's uh, scrambling to work from home and uh, just somehow uh, make these interactions known. And so I, I feel for the world in a sense because so much of their work is face-to-face and is getting out with the public and having these conversations and shaking hands and also photo opportunities, you know, when they're out really working with their community and working on these uh, organizations that they champion. So to not be able to do that, you do have to get creative. You have to get creative with not only how you keep working, how you do this outreach and make a difference, and also how you portray that, you know, how you take photos to to publish, to show people what's happening because that raises awareness. There's all these layers that go into trying to work right now and trying to do your job and the royals are dealing with it also. Mm, it's been really interesting to see some of the behind the scenes look at mm-hmm. uh, how they're doing that. Of course, as we mentioned at the start of the show, Charles launched the NHS Nightingale Hospital in London today. And mm-hmm. he, of course, had to do that by himself from his yeah. home office. And mm-hmm. uh, Cl- Clarence House shared quite a funny photo, actually, of him doing what we all do, which is sort of trying to prop up your iPad or your laptop or whatever it is <laughs> in a somewhat flattering position yeah, so you can do your video flattering. call. It's never flattering, okay? Properly. It's never flattering. <laughs> so it's this great image of a sort of red cardboard box and a book and a stack of paper with uh, Charles' so iPad uh, leaning against No one could it. get that man a tripod? <laughs> Did he have a nice lighting system set up? He's the future king after all. It was just natural light. It was a peek inside one of the rooms at uh, Burke Hall. We saw a lot of the photos in the background. There was one of him uh, that was reported. It's quite grainy, but some of the news organizations are saying it was him and Archie. There's a picture of him and William all in their military attire. A photo of one of the Cambridge christening. So it was a little peek into his home. A little peek inside the family life. Yeah, it was an, it was nice, I think, to, to see that. And of course, as we know, they have all done their best to keep in touch throughout this time. William and Harry checked in on Charles regularly when he was at home uh, by himself in quarantine. And those conversations, from what I hear, continue behind the scenes. And I think for, for Harry and Meghan as well, who are, you know, over in Los Angeles now, yeah. I think that like for many people this puts a lot of things into perspective and no doubt they will have really been in touch with as many members of the family as possible throughout this time 
It's like what we were saying at the very beginning. It's a time to feel closer to people that are further away. And if you can make that happen, you know, there is kind of a beauty in that as well. And so to see the Royals doing that, it's kind of special. I um, I was actually quite curious to know what uh, listeners of the show have been up to yeah. during this time because we've had so many lovely tweets from people talking about how they're listening to the show whilst they're at home and aboard and I think now's a time when everyone's really stacking up on all their audiobooks that they're listening to and podcasts and whatnot. Um, we had some really fun responses actually. Uh, we're the best Aaliyah ones. Edwards in Nova Scotia says that she's been cooking, baking, working full time at home, <laughs> working out, reading, and hanging out with a 17 year old son uh, whose schedule is clear. And I think that's great. It's just <laughs> sort of highlights good schedule. the family time that everyone's had yeah. together. Um, Stephen Crosby in Las Vegas says he's still working. His job is essential. He's a defense supplier, uh, but Ooh. at home he has a well stocked bar and a well stocked beer fridge. <laughs> the priorities are good. <laughs> exactly also a shout out to all the essential workers you know it is a time to remember that there are people that have to keep going back out into that world and uh there there's more people that have to keep working than you think when you know we have to get the grocery stores and transportation and there are a lot of people that are are risking things to make sure the world keeps running absolutely and i i want to extend that to also anyone that is working uh, in the postal community mm-hmm. or in the supermarkets and grocery stores across the country. I mean, it, they, they, these are essential services to so many people who are in isolation yeah. now. And, uh, you know, certainly here in the UK now, uh, anyone working in a convenience store or a, f- a food supermarket or anything that comes under that category is considered an emergency worker now. And, and I totally agree with that because these are the people that are allowing us to keep some kind of normality in our lives Mm -hmm. through a very difficult time i mean families still have to feed each other and it's it's tough i did get a kick out of this one Chantel morris in la says that she went for a walk this morning she's taking online courses doing exercise at home she's catching up on disney's elephant later on today which is megan's uh, movie that she's narrated that's out Uh now on disney plus so if you haven't checked it out go and check it out the reviews have been good i watched it earlier this week actually and i thought it was really fun actually i think if you need oh i want to see it yeah it's a good escape you need an escape it's perfect because it's just beautiful (laughs) cinematography uh, oh, from that's the so nice. Kalahari Desert across the Okavango Delta mm. through Botswana. It's beautiful. And it follows the, the journey of uh, a herd of elephants um, mm. with some really fun characters in it. And I, I think it's been really interesting as well to see Megan um, in, I guess, a role that straddles uh, everything that she's been doing for the last few years with the charity link and the yeah. connection to Elephants Without Borders, but also sort of harking back to her days as an actress too it's good to see you're back in action definitely uh jenny egan in manchester says that she's currently trying to take her mind off this situation uh, because of her soon to be cancelled wedding but she's baking and eating the cakes while watching footage of all the royal (laughs) weddings available on youtube which is just the spirit i think That is just the spirit. Like I said, Omid, I have to go here soon because we have another uh, Foreign Bureau 
Zoom call to catch up, and it's formal Friday, so I will be right there with you. Um, I'm going to put my fascinator on that I actually wore at Harry and Meghan's wedding when we were there covering it a couple years ago. So I got it out of my costume bin, and I'm about to go put it on. So I'm right there. I'm right there with you, girl. I appreciate <laughs> rewatching the royal weddings. Just dress up next time. We'll be in it together. <laughs> well, on that note, I better go and put on my bow tie. <laughs> 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 Nothing less than a tuxedo from you, Omid. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Maggie. Same time next week. Well. I'll be here. <laughs> See you, Omid. Bye. And stick around because after the break, we'll be catching up with everything going on in the world of the Sussexes. It is a quiet time for them now as they begin their new chapter in LA, but a lot to talk about. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. It's been a strange week on the Royal News front because buried underneath what would have been probably headline news in any other time uh, was the Sussex's departure. And to talk through that, I've got Lainey Louie on the line. Uh, it's been an interesting one. Firstly, how are you doing? I'm okay. I think that um, it's, it's a really weird time, right? And weird might even be um, an understatement. It's very difficult for many people. It's very scary. So yeah, I'm happy for any kind of distraction. Absolutely. And I think that's why I wanted the podcast to continue, because despite what is going on, I think that everyone is at home and everyone's still looking for something to sort of fill the time with. You know, I think everyone, and it's great to see, is really doing their best to respect the respective lockdowns of their country. But as I've seen from the texts and tweets coming in, uh, people are looking for some light relief too. I think that the royal family never failed to do that. Oh, for sure. Especially over the last few months, right? Right. Well, this has been interesting because... We had such a build-up since January to the departure of the Sussexes, stepping back as uh, senior working royals. And uh, suddenly, on March 31st, it sort of crept up on us really quickly. We had the couple announcing their sort of beginning of their transition period over the next year uh, on Instagram, and at the same time announcing that they're closing down their social media and their website, and they're taking a break for the next few months. And it's sort of taken everyone by surprise, I think, because there was so much talk in the press about the couple preparing projects and ready-to-launch initiatives, and there was a foundation in the works. And actually, in reality, it was two people that were like, we need a break too. And I think that is both on a personal and a professional level, a smart move. No one's moving forward with plans and uh, right now. And if you do have plans to move forward with, it's not really a good look to be flaunting that in people's faces. You know what I mean? Because other people mm. are permanently kind of in a no-go zone right now. Most people, they should be, are self-isolating, um, 
nobody is getting any momentum with anything. So for them to be like, woohoo, look at us. We have all these things on the agenda. It would have been insensitive. And then on a personal level, what a tumultuous time that they've had over the last, well, really, since they got married. Um, so they should be chilling out a little bit and recalibrating and regrouping. So I do think that that is, this is, this is a smart decision. Yeah, it was a very quiet goodbye. That final post just read, thank you to this community for the support, the inspiration and the shared commitment to the good in the world. Simply signed, Harry and Meghan. And I guess it's also, regardless of the time we're in, I think that that slightly more sort of pared back future for them is pretty much how this will look, I think, moving forwards. This is a couple that will no longer be moving with their royal associations, their HRH titles. It's simply about Harry and Meghan and the work that they want to do. And as they've made very clear in their final statement that was released by Buckingham Palace, it's going to take them some time to figure out what that work is and how they can do it the best way that they can. Well, and that's what's funny, because as I'm sure you've seen, Everyone has an opinion or um, here's what I heard report on what they will be doing, right? Like some people are like, she's Mm -hmm. gonna be a superhero. They're gonna do this. They're gonna be at parties all the time. (laughs) And so I think the anticipation is certainly there. I mean, everybody is curious about what the next moves are going to be. And so again, there are multiple ways to look at this. Number one, they are an even bigger heat score than they've ever been because before there was a prescribed way of how they would be the Sussexes under the royal umbrella. Now the roadmap is totally like uncharted. So everybody is wondering what's it going to look like making them an even bigger heat score. And then obviously number two, with all the controversy and how polarizing they are, and they obviously have their critics in the British media and the haters. You want to come out of this firing. I mean, when isolation and quarantine is lifted, hopefully in the future, when the world can go back to living um, in the true spirit of what living is, they need to be thriving, to use a word that they use. Um, and mm. they need to come out with like a, 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 a home run. Um, and, and not something kind of um, flat, right? And so you need time to put that kind of plan into place. Exactly. And also to come up with something that is serving to the community rather than to themselves. I think uh, certainly for the foreseeable future, the world is changed by this situation that we're in. We're sort of presented with the greatest public health and socioeconomic challenges of modern times and I think that the couple will be looking at ways that they can support efforts being made by different organizations moving on from that I think you know the statement made it very clear that they weren't going to be launching a foundation that they were looking to start up this sort of non-profit organization that rather than will be their own sort of grant giving fund is going to be a chance for them to really find ways that they can support other charities and other foundations that are doing good. I think our biggest clue was in how Harry is already looking at changing the way that he's working on his Travelist initiative, the Sustainable Tourism Project. 
that he announced last summer and we saw him come back to Edinburgh this year to attend a work summit for. It was uh, stressed in the statement that this COVID-19 pandemic is really going to change the human behavioural changes in the generations to come, particularly when it comes to travel. And so he wants to find ways and is already looking into ways that the role of responsible tourism can help support communities and destinations around the world that have been severely impacted by the the recent months and the ongoing months where nobody is moving around at all. I Yeah, I agree. I think that um, it's always better to take your time and to think through every angle um, and also to be as organized as possible. Because I am a celebrity and entertainment reporter, I'm always seeing things through the lens of the work of entertainers. And so it's like any any artist who is rebranding or doing a pivot into a new era. You know what I mean? Um, before mm-hmm. any entertainer or any artist goes into a new era, there are months and months of planning involving key people, key advisors to really figure out a smart rollout. And I think that the Sussexes, especially now that they live in Los Angeles, are are going to do well if they kind of follow th- that kind of plan. I mean, I think of somebody like Beyonce, right? When Beyonce's ready mm-hmm. to come back and show you something new, Um, it is, everything has been thought of. She has rehearsed endlessly. She has, um, you know, every piece of hair and every look and every outfit (laughs) (laughs) is, is meticulously chosen and everything has been choreographed. There is no room for error. And well, Beyonce is a good person to look to for anything. Always. I mean, is the, right? the guidance we, that we need in we our should, lives every day. We, yes. We should always aim for Beyonce excellence. We'll never get there because there's only one Beyonce, <laughs> but we should always aim for it. Um, and I, I, I think that for Meghan and Harry, that kind of approach, um, that kind of approach is probably the only way to do it. And in order to do it, you have to have time. Definitely. And I think using Beyonce is a great example because I think that where they're coming from the royal family, they really need to now sidestep into something that sits in a similar sort of stratosphere, being in that sort of upper echelon of society, rather than entering the sort of world of quote-unquote celebrity and I think that that's been a lot of the criticism and the worries that have been sort of aired by various uh, opinion pieces around the world that you know they're sort of entering Hollywood now and it all, all looks on paper that they're heading in that direction but I think that this statement really sort of Uh, made it clear that they were focusing on doing the right things, particularly at the moment where we've seen uh, celebrities and high-profile individuals playing out some really terrible moves on social media that just sort of hit the wrong note. I think now is not the time to be making any of this about yourselves. Well, very few of them are doing it well. Um, And as you mentioned, uh, there are so many examples of celebrities and socialites and high profile high profile people as you said thinking that they're contributing something to the conversation or at least needing to be part of the conversation and it's backfired 
even when the intention seems good. Um, so to go back to Beyonce, uh, because why not? Um, it's, uh, I don't know when this is going to go up to your audience, but we are talking on April 3rd. And as of today, Beyonce has been quiet. We haven't heard from Beyonce since lockdown. That doesn't mean that she's not doing things behind the scenes. In fact, we all know Beyonce is the most secretive, um, and can move around undercover without detection. So I don't doubt for a second that she's making contributions, that she's, you know, getting philanthropically involved. It's just not with a spotlight. Um, and so when the biggest entertainer in the world can take a pause from being thirsty, um, then <laughs> everyone can stand to, to sort of take a page out of that. Unless, of course, you're someone like Rihanna, who is one of the few people who's doing it very well. I mean, it seems like every other day Rihanna's come up with another donation, but she's also kind of like yeah. also having fun. You know, she's showing up to those. Um, you've seen those people DJing, you know, for hours and hours. Yeah, so yeah, she yeah, can yeah. she can manage to be Rihanna in that setting, but also be Rihanna in her charitable efforts. So, but again, that's a rare person, Rihanna. We've just named two of the most rare entertainers, right? The Beyonce and Rihanna, who are doing it quite well. And I, 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 I do think it's best for Harry and Meghan to just kind of chill out and coast um, in the background for a while, while there are obviously many more important things for people to worry about. Well, the second you said thirsty, one person came to mind who had been tweeting about Harry and Meghan this week, just a few days ago. Donald Trump uh, tweeted about the couple's security plans in the US, uh, making a lot of noise about how the country will not be paying for their security protection. They must do it themselves. Bearing in mind, they had never actually requested or asked for any support from the country when it comes to their own funds. And I thought it was quite funny that they immediately hit back with their own statement that simply said, Duke and Duchess of Sussex have no plans to ask the US government for security resources. Privately funded security arrangements have already been made. For me, being someone who lives in Canada, this was a conversation among some Canadians, for sure, when they were living here. Mm. Um, because Canadians definitely care about tax dollars and how it's spent. In fact... Um, it's definitely a preoccupation, as it should be in most countries, right? Absolutely. And it um, is a constant conversation uh, for all members of the royal family in this country. There are always questions about security. And I think for Harry and Meghan, on top of the difficulties that they've had with the press, there has been this sort of underlying issue of who pays the security moving forward. And I think it was something that, or I know that it was something that the couple were very mindful of, that from March 31st, that it would have to be done by themselves. I think they really didn't want to leave themselves open for further attacks. We saw them already uh, step forward and offer to pay back the full renovation costs for Frogmore Cottage. Uh, that will go straight back into the sovereign grant or to the government. And uh, that was something that they wanted to do personally. And so it doesn't really come as a surprise to me that they're also doing the same with their security. Yeah, I just I think that unfortunately, all of those efforts that you just listed get lost in the noise that accompanies Harry and Meghan sometimes and often to, you know, like they're not encouraging it. Um, And I, I do think that people miss that where 
they did say that this is some these are costs that we want to like assume on our own um that said security is not cheap i mean for them you're dealing with at least multiple personnel and round the clock um and having to account for travel and certain expenses so this goes back to everybody's curiosity about what their future plans are going to be because they're going to have to like have a, a, a pretty significant income in order to cover that plus their lifestyle. For sure. And I think that that's p- perhaps, and I speculate here, one of the reasons why they didn't go down the route of starting a foundation because they don't have sort of an unlimited fund behind them to start something like that they would have had to have fundraised alongside raising their own money as well because they've they've spent the past few years not earning a living they you know that work that they do for the royal family doesn't really come with a salary per se your expenses are covered the costs of work are covered but a lot of that is up to you and so it's going to be tough for them certainly for those for these few months ahead which Listen, the the sort of territory that we're in now, no one really knows when there is sort of an end date to this. Uh, this could be something that follows us for some time. And that will, of course, provide uh, or give different obstacles for the couple that they weren't expecting. Because I'm sure, as we've seen in the past, they were ready to hit the ground running. And I think from, you know, an observer perspective, those people who follow celebrity gossip and royal lives um because again like this is let's not pretend that the segment of the population out there who's engaged with this story and other royal stories isn't looking at them like they are celebrities this is so wild in a way because imagine like harry now his life is like opening an envelope and looking at like a hydro bill do you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like I'm we That's an interesting way to put we, it. <laughs> we think of we think of these 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 British royals as, you know, they grew up in castles and they're always in a parade dressed up and there are tiaras and salutes and the queen and let's not pretend that they've had it like real in any sense of what a civilian would understand. And yet, for all intents and purposes, now that Harry and Meghan are no longer senior members of the royal family, they may be doing activities like that, talking about budget and, you know, where to allocate and how much to save and, um, yeah, how much the hydro costs. (laughs) And, of course, probably at the same time, looking at ways that they can also raise money for some of the projects that they want to do because they also have to fund all of the work they did you know with royals those engagements are picked up by the sovereign grant so any travel costs uh, whether it's tours you know it's there's a host country that picks up the bill or, or whoever and i think that suddenly stops and so there will constantly be this conversation about money that won't be handled by someone else it will be something that they'll be very much in charge of See, that's also what's interesting to me because, you know, in English society, and I'm not just getting this from Downton Abbey, but, you know, upper class people don't like to talk about money, right? And it's Mm -hmm. the money matters are left to the people who are actually hired to care about these things. 
Um, it's considered, I guess, not what, not elegant, uncouth, um, to really get dirty about a money conversation. In the modern world, though, and this pertains to all kinds of social streams and social and cultural preoccupations, especially, for example, when we talk about equality in the workplace, women in the workplace, and getting more comfortable with talking about money. There are many people out there who are trying to remove that sort of archaic etiquette protocol where, hey, you know what? We should talk about money because it's directly related to inequality. And Harry and Meghan have been two advocates of social justice and equality. So it's going to be interesting to see them making that kind of cultural departure from the royal family and from a certain class of people and getting more, I guess, real with the issues that other people are getting real about. Getting more real, exactly. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Delaney. I'm kind of curious to know when the next time we're going to be talking about the Sussexes will be because, you know, we often see celebrities say they're going to take some time out and then a few weeks later they sort of resurface with something. I think this looks like a proper break for the couple. Uh, from what I'm hearing from sources, we're not going to hear from them until July time. So that is some time to go without the Sussexes. And I think it'll be interesting for the royal family who haven't really seen a day go by where Harry and Meghan's names aren't sort of tied to the monarchy in some way or another for the past three years. I think someone posted the statistic online yesterday that the Mail Online has posted four and a half thousand stories about Harry and Meghan in the past three years. Well, Omid, I, I, I definitely want to touch base again and soon, in fact, maybe just about a month from now, because... We now know that Sussex Royal, the Instagram account, will be inactive, meaning that there will be no further updates from Harry and Meghan on that account. But in a month's time is baby Archie's first birthday. And I'll think a lot of that, a lot of us were expecting that since because they've they've given us Archie gifts and little Archie drops in the past, that that would be the account where we would see some sort of Archie birthday wish his big milestone so now like is Archie's birthday just gonna pass quietly and no one is gonna see a new photo of him um, or will some kind of new Sussex social media account be set up by then so that we can be like oh hey Archie's one um, I'm really 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 curious about what is gonna happen like by that date and what may or may not be in place and if not um whether or not that will be a bummer for people right hearing you say archie's birthday going by quietly i think is exactly what the couple have craved for some time and i i, I something tells me that it, that's exactly what will happen wow okay well yeah let's um let's make it a date let's touch base after may 6th and see whether or not it you prophetic you are prophetic in this prediction all righty pleasure as always laney thank you for joining me stay safe and i'll see you in a month's time bye and that brings us to the end of our show this week and all of the royal news that we have wrapped up you know it's been interesting i've always thought that this period would be such a quiet time 
for members of the royal family but that work that they do particularly to support the country through this difficult time has continued behind the scenes and it's been really interesting and refreshing to see that uh, that the focus has remained very much on that and thank you all, as always uh, for all of you that write into the show with your kind words and positive comments they mean a lot especially in this very strange time and i hope that the past half hour or one hour or whatever this ends up at um, has been a slight escape uh, for all of you who are either at home working or with your families or out there working um, particularly everyone Uh, in the emergency services or out on the front lines thank you very much for everything that you do Uh, is what is literally getting the world through all of this Uh, so as always everyone take care of yourselves and each other and i'll see you next friday with the next episode 